The nail in the coffin! It's episode number 84 of The Nail in the Coffin. Tom and Travis coming at you on Monday night. Trav, you had the Pelotonia bike ride on Saturday. How are you feeling today? I'm actually feeling way better than I was on Saturday. The knee did not did not do great, but uh, we finished. Um, great weekend, great event all around. Couldn't ask for better. How many miles was this? Uh, I did 50. My God, <laughs> fifty miles, and yeah, around mile like six, mile six or seven, I got a pretty bad knee to begin with, but it started acting up a little bit. So it was uh, usually, usually it starts to flare up near the end. This year, it just hit me right at the beginning. So it was not as not as pain free as usual, but uh, we did it. So that's all that matters. Hey, you rose to the occasion. That's awesome. You know it. Excellent gamer. And- Gamer. Raised uh, raised a, a good amount of funds I saw there. That's pretty sweet. I did. I'm coming up on four thousand. I'm hoping I hit it. I still got a couple couple months here if I want to hammer away. So okay, people. So can if still you're listening, then. people, there's still time. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Get it done. You, yeah, folks, you're getting a second chance. So uh, jump on it. But, yeah, uh, you sons of bitches. <laughs> Well, back up here in Northeast Ohio in your absence, we held it down at the uh, annual Warder Golf Outing. That's what and I hear. And at, of course, uh, the, the team that I'm normally on did not score as well as we normally score, but still managed to win for the first time ever. Well, it was uh, it was a weird day at Paysville Country Club in terms of the scoring, and uh, nobody, uh, nobody got into double digits under par, but... Uh, it was, uh, it was a good time, as always. Uh, Johnny puts on a great outing, and uh, we had fun with it. And Couldn't have asked for a nicer day to be uh, out on the links. So uh, if only my putting stroke had uh, not betrayed me, it would have been a perfect day. But otherwise, uh, I can't complain. Uh, oh, well. Beats, uh, beats, beats going to work, doesn't it? it uh, oh, there's no question about that. No question about that. But, Bad day uh, on the links is always better than a good day at the office. That's true. Um so, hey, let's uh, – what do you say tonight? Um, I think there's like a few different things we want to hit. And I know pretty much for the last few months we've always kind of honed in on one topic and just kind of carried through the whole show with that. And I was thinking let's kind of go around the horn here and, and just spend a little bit of time on a few different things. What do you say? This feels like it's going to be like rapid fire. Uh, if we were on like the radio, we would need like – uh, like music going on in the background, like high tempo to speed us from topic to topic. But I like what you're thinking. I don't know if I have anything royalty free, like uh, our intro music that I could dig up for that. But uh, it, yeah, what's it cost to get, what's it cost to get the big voice guy to like give you <laughs> countdown stuff? Well, Number I, seven. <laughs> I can tell you the voice of NBA jam uh, wouldn't even return my email, let alone name a price. So that, there's, that's there's the starting bitch. point for you, but um, no. <laughs> all right. No, I want to start with the Browns, believe it or not. Um, I don't think we've talked about the Browns since what? The draft? Yeah, probably. Don't um, think we've missed much? No, don't get used to this either, people. No. <laughs> it's a slow time of the year, folks. We <laughs> exactly. 
No, I wanted to. I wanted to start with the Browns because we found out today that Brock Osweiler is going to start the first preseason game, despite the fact that he has not been practicing with the first team through the first couple of weeks of training camp. And I thought this is uh, peak Browns. What What say you upon hearing this news? A little bit. I mean, it, it sort of is. I will say one thing that kind of stuck out to me, and this is sort of. I feel like it has kind of gone um, unnoticed. He may not have been practicing with the ones. But uh, Kessler and Kaiser have been splitting reps with the ones. So Osweiler's probably taken more reps than either of those guys. Um, okay. So regardless of which team he's on, I don't. Uh, yeah, I get you. Ideally, your starter is is practicing with the ones and that's just how it goes. But let's not act like any of these three guys are sort of, you know, destined, you know, to be the future for sure. So um, from from all accounts. Osweiler has looked the best in practice and it hasn't been particularly close. So for a guy that I think we expected um, when they traded for him was really just sort of a throw in so they could get some draft picks. I think most folks expected that the Browns would probably release him or if they could get anything for him at all, trade him again. Um, And it looks like that's not at least not the case uh, for the immediate future. Okay, number one, you said he has looked the best so far in training camp, to which I will respond that like many, many years past in Berea this time of the year, I believe this is yet another situation and yet another QB Derby that would fall under the category of in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. (laughs) I I get that part of it, Um, (laughs) and I, I don't disagree even a little bit, but... Um, this I don't think this is like a McCown situation where, yeah, he's a wily veteran, so he should look <laughs> better than these other guys. Um, he's only 26, still pretty young. So it's not like uh, I think he had, he had obviously he had a bad year last year and he's not lived up to that contract that he got. But I think I think the guy deserves chance to prove maybe he's he's not, you know, not garbage. And if you're going to be paying him money anyways, why not Why not see what he's got if he looks like, as of right now, he's the most capable? Um, and the other thing is Kessler um, started camp as, as the top guy, and it seems like they gave him every opportunity to do something to look like, um, you know, he deserved that spot, and it doesn't sound like he did. I feel like... They want to hold off on running Deshaun Kaiser in there as long I as agree. they possibly can. I, and, I like that move, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to start the season with the Steelers and the Ravens, I don't think that's necessarily the worst strategy in the world. Uh, I, And I'll admit, I've not been following this ultra closely, but my gut instinct on this tells me, you know, when the Browns traded, they made that deal over the winter and got Osweiler in here. I mean, everything we were told was this is for the draft pick and the, you know, take it on Osweiler and his salary is just the cost of doing business. And there was a good chance they were going to release him or, or try to trade him. Like you said, I still believe that would be the move. Um, I feel like this 
deal with starting him here. What is it? Thursday night that the first preseason game is coming up even plays into that. I mean, if you are trying to up his value, you can showcase him in an early preseason game, especially when maybe the other team's ones are only going to go for a series or two and, you know, extricate any kind of value you possibly can for him. I don't think he is in any sort of way, shape, or form in the long-term plans for the Browns. So I still think that if another team here through the preseason has a QB go down, I mean, I saw like, you know, we had the Dolphins with Yeah, that was an interesting one. Yeah, you know, sidebar on that, I'm a little disappointed that uh, Smoking Jay Cutler is is going back out uh, onto the field and playing again. I was strangely looking forward to seeing him in the broadcast booth this year and and just how much he could, like, not give a shit while he was working on Fox. But um, I guess we're going to have to wait another year. But how, how I honestly, I'll be honest with you, I was fully expecting Jay Cutler to come out and just be completely opposite of what everyone expected and just be like a dynamo in, in the booth. That would have been um, incredible. It would have been hilarious if you were listening. It, it kind of would have been like um, A-Rod was last World Series. You're like, who the hell is this guy? I thought he was a piece of shit. He's actually <laughs> really good at this. Right. No, that would have been awesome. Um, we still get Tony Romo, though. That's going to be fun. He, they finally got Phil Sims out of the CBS booth. So now uh, Romo is going to be working with Jim Nance this year and that's going to be really interesting, but uh, no, no Jay Cutler broadcasting. But yeah, with Cutler's wife um, and his general um, attitude towards life and whatnot, um, I think Miami was was one of the, like maybe two or three spots that it was like, all right, yeah, I guess I'll go do that for ten million dollars. Oh, of course. I mean, and you know, you couple that with the fact that you know they got Adam Gase coaching down there, and, and yeah. he had coached them with the Bears, so that situation made sense. But if another it's, team has a QB go down this year, and Brock Osweiler looks even twenty five percent competent, uh, you know, I, I got to imagine the Browns would at least get a phone call on that. So yeah, I mean, if they that's get, what they're banking on. Yeah, I mean, if they can get, you know, I, I don't know, like a fourth round pick or something like that. Even. Oh, that's ambitious. If you get anything over a six, I think I'd be uh, dancing down the street. But I don't know if a team comes to you in the middle. Of the, you look at, let's be honest, as bad as Osweiler is, um, there's a lot of teams out there who their backups are way worse. Um. And if it is one of those teams that looks like maybe they have a chance to do something, and I don't even know, I don't even have one off the top of my head. It'd probably be one of those random teams, sort of like Houston last year. Or the Vikings last year. Yeah, one of those type of teams. who's like, hey, we're actually pretty damn good. If we can have a guy who's serviceable, it might be worth it for us. I think you could probably get more than a sixth for that because there's not really that many guys available. Yeah, I could say that. But really, what's the big difference? I mean, between a fourth and sixth, it sounds like a lot, but in the grand scheme, the the difference is kind of negligible. And if they can get that, then they got a second and whatever X round pick for a couple million bucks, basically. And all of a sudden, they look like they actually knew what they were doing. (laughs) And totally redeemed yourself. (laughs) Exactly. No, but you know, the other thing I was going to say about this is I, I think from what I have seen of you know the Browns' coverage this year, the, the quarterback thing has gotten far and away the most play, and it always does. But if anybody listening to this, the thing I would caution you on, especially 
given where the three guys involved in it this year are in their respective careers and what their ceilings each seem to be. Um, I would look back to, what was it, 2007? So 10 years ago now. I can't believe it's already been a decade. But the Browns had a, a QB derby going on back then as well, right? Was that the was year that? With, with Charlie Fry and uh, Derek Anderson? Maybe that's definitely the year that Derek Anderson that they won like ten games. That wasn't right. Charlie Fry year, was it? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Charlie. That was the year Charlie Fry. You know, they they go through this traded after week one turgid comp, uh, quarterback battle all through training camp. Charlie Fry wins the job coming out of camp, gets shellacked at home by the Steelers in week one. What's old is new again. And sure enough, got jettisoned off and they brought Derek Anderson in starting in week two and they went on and actually had a pretty interesting year. But uh, I mean, that's the whole point here is like, however, this battle shakes out in the preseason in the grand scheme of things with where the Browns are trying to go in the long term. I just I don't feel like a whole lot is going to come of it in these next three or four weeks. No, I definitely don't feel that way, but. What do you have to lose, really? Yeah, I mean, the, the, what, the only thing you really have to lose is I, I I think we have a pretty low ceiling or low expectations for Osweiler. I think we got a pretty good idea of what Kessler is or, or is not. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser is really the only, like, total unknown at this point in that, you know, you, you've not seen him on an NFL field at all. And, you know... So the the upside there is the highest by far of the three, um, and he's the youngest of the three. So. Does anyone want him? But is there like, do people want to see him play? Isn't it, isn't there almost unanimous agreement that this guy needs to sit for at least a year? You think we would have learned that based on just all the other uh, QB prospects that have imploded through the years? But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the thing to me is I don't know if Kaiser would work out or not work out, but I'm pretty damn sure the other two are not. So at least with, with this guy, you want to give him every chance in the world to do it right. And it just, yeah, I think you could get through, if you could get through the first few weeks of the year. And, you know, it was like, I can't remember who I heard talk about this. Like, what are the odds that whoever starts at QB to start the season is actually going to last the whole year without getting injured. It's weird because what I don't understand to answer your question originally, the odds are incredibly low because it's the Browns, but do, is this like, this feels almost exclusive to the Browns. Like, is there any other team that routinely has cycles through like three quarterbacks a year? Uh, I mean, there's ones like, yeah, every once in a while, a couple quarterbacks go down for the season or whatever. I get that. I mean, that. it's happened to other teams, but it sure. the but... Browns every single year. Right. And last year, I think, was probably the worst of that just because. What uh... did they start? Six guys? Yeah. Maybe right? not Maybe not started, but at least six, six quarterbacks had to six play. Six guys played under yeah. center, yeah. Especially when you factor in, like, Terrell Pryor and all that. But, right. Um, yeah, it, it, they they certainly seem like they've. It's been more of an issue for them than anybody else. But um, on a brighter note, is there anything you're looking forward to with this first preseason preseason game? Um. Yeah, Miles Garrett. Yes. Um, I 
I, I haven't been legitimately like excited about a Browns draft pick in a long time, but just seeing him like I haven't watched a minute of practice. I haven't seen any actual action, but seeing him like standing on the sidelines in his uniform, it's you you look at the guy and you're like, this is what a football player is supposed to look like. And for once he's on our team. Um, and everything that everyone is saying is, yeah, you just couldn't keep him. You know, you can't keep him away from the quarterback. Um, he started, I think on the third team and you couldn't keep him there for long either. Um, he's everything they expected him to be. So I'm excited to see him, um, against some, some better competition. I know he's gone against Joe Thomas some and whatnot, but, um, an actual live game action, I think will be exciting, even if it is preseason. Yeah. Huge difference between, I mean, even Joe Thomas who's a hall of famer, uh, you know, waiting to happen, but, uh, Going between a practice scenario and seeing an opposing team, yeah, that's that's a big difference, and it'll be a nice leap up. And I am that far away. That is what I'm most looking forward to. On uh, no, it was a Thursday night, the, uh, the the first preseason game is, so that that should be a lot of fun. I'm interested to see what they do with Peppers too. I obviously didn't like the pick, but I think um, I still want to know. Yeah, under- <laughs> it's a slight understatement, right? Um, I still am interested to see how they use them. I don't, I don't know that they fully decided that yet and they shouldn't have, but um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there, what they, what they go with, what their strategy is for deploying him. Yeah. I think uh, the, talking that like, they're going to be moving him into the special teams, like kick returning, right? I mean, I just, I assumed that among all other along. things. Yeah. I assume that all along. Um, I don't really, I doubt they're going to, you don't think they'll use him on offense. Do you? Probably not yet. I would think not. Um, and I know he's listed, I think it's at free safety maybe. Um, but I don't think, uh, I don't think what position he's listed at really matters. I think he doesn't, I don't think he plays a specific position well enough to be, you know, just a traditional guy. They're going to have to get really creative, I think, to really maximize him. Yeah, that, uh, that all sounds fair. So, um, be interesting to see and you would have to imagine that as the year goes on his role will continue to expand as long as he can handle what they're throwing at him as they go along yeah for sure i mean he'll only need to show that he can you know handle more more of that complex nfl type stuff that he never really had to do before um so yeah, we'll a lot see. of different positions to be picking up so i mean that's oh, a yeah. lot of different responsibilities and, and different skill sets so at the first year, that could be a lot to throw at a guy, but we'll see. Um, yep. Encouraging. Anything else on the Browns, or should we shift gears? Keep it going. All right. Uh, topic number two, the Cavs unveiled their new uniforms this afternoon. Finally, after a whole lot of speculation and rumors and uh, mock, mock-up designs circulating around the Internet, now, if you have not happened to see the new uh, white and wine uniforms you can check out the link that we shared on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the nail podcast. Uh, those are floating around all over, but uh, we've got the link up there on the Facebook page. You very quickly after those went live, uh, texted me. You're not a fan. Were you? Not at all. Um, I don't mind the white ones. I think they're okay. I don't love them, but I think they're okay. I don't like the red ones at all. Um, I hate 
and I think this is almost unanimous. I haven't seen anyone say differently. Um, I hate the blue numbers with the yellow writing. The blue numbers by themselves are hard enough to read. Um, and then they have this like these like gold accents on the blue on the sleeves and on the or on the neck and on the sides that I just think looks stupid. And I don't I don't care for the red jersey at all. I can live with the white one. I hate the red one. All right, the white jersey annoys me because it says Cavs on it instead of Cavaliers. And I know 90% of the time when people are talking about the team, they say the Cavs, but um, their name's the Cavaliers, and it's their uniform. And you don't see the Golden State with a jersey that says the Dubs on it. Um, so it's just They that, do have one that says the city that they wear a lot, so. Uh, I guess. But still, also, it, how did also how the fuck do you get away calling yourself the city? Well, that that actually is in reference to San Francisco when the Warriors played in San Francisco, and rumor has it one of the Warriors. So, like, all right, just to back it up real quick, they unveiled a, a white jersey for the Cavs today and a wine jersey for the Cavs today. And they're getting two more of them that are going to be unveiled sometime closer to the start of the season. Every other team is basically following the same rollout here. Every team in the league this year is going to have four uniforms. Some are going to get a fifth one that's going to be like a throwback. But um, every other team is going to have four uniforms. Two get released now, two closer to the start of the season. The Warriors apparently are getting one closer to the start of the season that's going to say the town on it which is in reference to Oakland. So San Francisco is the city and Oakland is the town. There's your, your Bay area history. Uh, lesson. Gross. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. None of them are the land just to be All clear. Right. Thank God. Anyway. So <laughs> didn't even, that's more than I even wanted to talk about that. So I apologize for sidetracking you. No, it's, it's all right. It's the perfect time of the year for that. Contain that sort of thing. No, but the, apparently the Cavs are getting uh, a black Jersey, which of, uh, the little bit of whispers I've seen online from people who work in businesses that happen to have access to these things sooner um, said that the black jersey is like far and away the best design out of all of them. So I'm kind of hoping that that becomes like the the killer design of this set. Uh, I The reason I'm totally with you about dark numbers on a dark jersey, you would think Nike would have learned their lesson with having orange numbers on a brown jersey for football. But uh, apparently not. Um, but I did not get too fired up about that because if history is any indication, that jersey's never going to see the light of day when the games actually matter in the spring. Yeah, and that's sort of weird. Like, yeah, the NBA <laughs> kind of changed the rules where you can basically wear whatever the hell you want as long as it, uh, the home team can wear whatever the hell they want and the road exactly. team just has to wear something that contrasts enough. I was getting so, to that. That's, that's specifically why I did not refer to it as the home white, because there is no such thing as home white anymore. You could theoretically never see that white jersey because uh, you can, like you said, wear whatever you want. The home team gets it's kind of like football now where the home team gets the first pick. The The thing is, that's different from football um, is the road team could wear their color jersey, too, as long as it's not like the same color. As long like, as it's different enough. Like if the, right? I think the Bulls said they're going to wear red at home this year which is going to be strange. I still can't get used to NHL teams wearing colored jerseys at home, but um, the Bulls are going to wear red. So like, I don't think the Cavs can wear their, their wine colored uniforms there, but gotcha. um, 
yeah, otherwise, like, they go play a team that's wearing, like, black jerseys. The Cavs could wear wine, and I'm sure that you're going to see lots of color versus color games at the queue this year as well. But uh, that, I didn't. I did notice that the Cavs, in their release today, didn't really make any mention of, like, what their plan is in terms of, like, what they're going to wear at home. So my guess is that they're probably going to mix it up, and you're going to see a little bit of everything just to try to uh, – boost the jersey sales for all of the different uniforms um but but we'll see um yeah no, this is all we, part do we know for sure that there's gonna there's gonna be no sleeves right no sleeves yeah nike's okay. already come out and said that so nike took okay. over the uniforms for every team in the league this year um and and that one of the first things that they said when when they started rolling out some of the details on what they're doing with all the uniforms no sleeves so yeah, if the Cavs get a black uniform, as is expected, it will not have sleeves. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, I, will I will say, say though – go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that um, the jerseys feel very uh, very Nike to me. Like uh, they've got a very um, – for folks that are – you may not watch a whole lot of college football, um, but for the non-traditional powers – um, not your Ohio States and stuff like that, but for maybe those like second level Nike teams, they do a ton of shit just to keep mixing up those teams' uniforms. If those teams don't have, like Ohio State has a very traditional alumni base, and and they they're very focused on tradition, so they don't they don't like to tweak their uniforms that often. Um, and when they do, it's usually like once a year, basically. Um, but there's teams out there that have a lot of different uniforms, and they're very like gimmicky, and they have a lot of different shit on them. I feel like that's sort of what the Cavs went with. And I'm not, I'm not crazy about that in general. You know what the thing is with this is part of this change to Nike is like the cut of the jerseys this year for every team. It's going to look different from what uh, the the jerseys look like in the past, like the shape of the like arm cutouts and the necklines and all that. And the Cavs jerseys to me, like there have been a couple other teams that have rolled out new uniforms, but the Cavs jerseys to me were like the first ones that looked like they were specifically designed to fit into this template. Like teams that have real traditional old school uniforms, like the Celtics and the Bulls, uh, it's not it's not going to look that great, if I'm going to be really honest, because they got this weird thing where Nike wants to like make the back of the shoulder fit like your, your shoulder blade shape, basically. So it's got this like weird straight line on the back of the uniform and then there's like the slight overlap in materials. Well, that section along the back, like if you've got like trim around the arms, that it's not on that anymore on that section. So it, it looks real bizarre putting like some old school design like the Celtics that, you know, was a uniform is probably designed in like the 50s or 60s in this 2017, you know, new age ultra high tech template, but um, at least the Cavs, I will say that they, they designed it with that in mind. So, uh, I guess of that's the ones one you've seen things. so far, which ones have you really liked? Have there been any that you really liked? Yeah. You know what? This is going to probably shock you because when I heard it described to me, I thought it was going to be awful. I really like the Indiana uniforms. Really? That yes. is interesting to me. Okay. Totally bizarre. And I would not, this is like, don't try this at home, but they, have a weird thing where they actually their uniforms say Indiana Pacers like both the city and the team name like above and below 
the numbers. And I don't know, for some reason, it's quirky, and I like the, the no, side pattern. No, I really pattern. like those two, actually. Yeah, the side pattern on them kind of looks a little bit like uh, a Marquette throwback or something. I don't know. And altogether, it just kind of works, and I didn't really like their old ones. So I it that, that was kind of a, a nice upgrade. So it's I, definitely I, an upgrade. Um, I, I really like liked the, and they're, I mean, they're kind of the same. They didn't change a whole lot, but I've always been a big fan of the Wizards ones. Um, they used to be the Bullets, obviously. It's kind of the same design that they had when they were the Bullets. Um, but I've always really liked those uniforms, and I think they worked out pretty well with the with the new template. Like you were talking about, it's one of those older designs, but I think it still worked out really well. Yeah. You know what's weird about that is they actually came out with an alternate, like either last year or the year before, that's got like... Uh, like blue stripes with white stars down the side. And that was what they wore at home during the playoffs. And it was like a, an alternate home uniform. And they had to get rid of that for this year with this change over to Nike. And I guess John Wall came out today and said, like, I want those back. We want those to be our uniforms. So it ain't happening for this year, John Wall, but maybe something to revisit down the, down the line. But um, kind of a strange thing with that is, it looks really similar, those in particular, to the Sixers with that patriotic theme. And I it just, it feels like two teams are trying to own the same corner of the block, but I don't know. Um, So we, we have mixed, mixed reviews here on the, uh, on the Cavs uniforms, which kind of leads me to this question of the three teams in Cleveland right now, which one has the best set of uniforms? Oh, it's got to be the Indians, and I'm not even crazy about the Indians. Right? It's like, not the Browns. I know it's, it's not the Browns. definitely not the Browns. I mean, the, the um, fact that the Browns' ownership even came out back in the spring and said they're changing the uniforms again in 2020, which is the soonest possible date they can do it. So they're stuck with these for three more years, and they're already telling you we're changing them again. Kind of tells you even they know how badly they screwed that up. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. And we're not too over the moon by what we've seen from the Cavs so far. Yeah, the uh, guess it's the Indians, which is kind of nuts considering how polarizing uh, Old Wahoo is. And I, I'll be honest, the reason I don't like the Indians isn't e- even because of Wahoo so much. Um, I just think that blue with like the script Indians across the middle is just lame at this point. I'm kind of tired of it. I think they should just roll out. I love the gray with the Cleveland across the chest. I think that's the best. That's the best individual jersey in town. Mm. I like the script, and I I hate it at this point. It's so old to me. It feels just as old as Wahoo does. Less racist, but old. <laughs> well, that's a step in the right direction. Um, <laughs> Which is yeah, nice. They, they, I don't know that script. They rolled it out when they moved into what was you know at that time Jacobs Field, and it's kind of you know, aged nicely with the team. I think they made a couple of very, very minor tweaks to it along the way. But, I mean, that's been the script above the scoreboard at the park there the entire time. And uh, I don't know. As far as the blue goes, they wear it too much. I'm totally with you on that. But that's kind of become their de facto road playoff uniform. But, yeah, wearing that at home, I think, is overkill. But, yeah, you you don't even want them wearing it on the road. You like the gray one. I love the gray one. And I wish wish they would... Basically, I think I would like them to redesign to basically mirror the gray design onto like a navy blue uniform with like red letters or even white letters. 
Um, try the same design, just different colors. They hmm. did it with like that off white, and I wasn't crazy about that. Um, I'm glad they got rid of that. They I had one of those. They never really I jumped on that with. specifically because they didn't have names on the back, and it felt like a future proof uh, move as there you a. Go. As a there retail option, but that's, that's uh, a ve- that's a veteran move right there. <laughs> Always two steps ahead. <laughs> the, the th- yeah, but uh, no, nah, I uh, I will say this: I'm pretty confident in saying that the Indians are going to dump Wahoo after this season, and if not after this season, then definitely going into 2019. Because I just I still don't think there's any chance in hell that Major League Baseball wants to deal with having an all-star game here if Wahoo's still around, especially given how openly they've talked about wanting to get rid of it. Um, I think they might stretch it out for two years. I think next year they'll take it because it's it's in two places now on the uniform, the hat and the sleeve. I think they ditch one next year and then the other one the following year. Well, where I'm going with that is if they do get rid of Wahoo, I, I wonder if that opens the door to just a complete redesign of their uniforms and the only thing I would say is if they do go in that direction, stop putting gray trim on your blue jerseys if you're going to wear them at home. It, it it always it's one of those stupid little minor details that bothers me because like they when they came out with their current blue jersey, it was supposed to just be worn on the road, and then when they got rid of the cream u- uniform, they decided to start wearing the blue everywhere. Yeah, and wearing road gray trim on a with home white pants is a bad look. It's Come on. <laughs> You're better Attention to that. details. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it's weird because I I think they have, let's be honest, red, white, and blue. You, It's hard to screw that up um, for whatever reason, not just because uh, of the America angle. It's They just look – they always look good together. It's really hard to screw that combination It's a classic combination. combination. Yeah, like you could – a bunch of horrible accents and choices and things like that. It's still going to look pretty damn good. Um, so they've got the, that's the other thing. They've got the easiest job in town when it comes to uniforms as well. Um, it makes sense that the Browns have the ugliest ones because their colors are horrible. Um, the Cavs just kind of in the middle to me. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to give the Cavs the incomplete grade. I got to see what else they're doing. That's for true. The, That's the other true too. Two. We only know two of them. I and I don't think either one of those is going to be their primary. No, and, and you think about like what they've worn in the playoffs, especially the last couple of years. It's it's always been navy on the road, and for the super special occasions, they play, break out the black. So um, sounds to me like we're getting a black jersey, and what the fourth one is is. Probably you would have to assume either gold or navy, and I would, if gun to my head, I'm guessing navy, but we'll see. Um, so whatever they're holding back, I'm guessing that's going to get the bulk of the use in the playoffs. So navy would be kind of interesting because then they kind of have three dark colors, right? Um, the only reason I would see them going gold is because it's it could still contrast if someone else is wearing dark. They could get that somewhere um, that blue might not be able to. But they did seem to love the blue last year, even though I think I think you and I are in agreement. I thought it looked good. I just didn't want it for my team, really. 
because it yeah. wasn't it wasn't really their colors. I thought it was a decent like generic uniform. Well, it ran it into wasn't the same cast. problem with with dark numbers on a dark jersey. Like yeah, just invert it with like gold numbers, which they could have done with this one with the wine one that they just came out with, and I don't know. So yeah, don't we'll know. see. Yeah, well. Um. All right, we got time for one more, and one of the jerseys that they put out today in the in, on the bottle that you know the I don't know what the hell you want to call it, but the uh the images they were releasing with the new jerseys they showed a Kevin Love jersey, they showed a LeBron jersey, they had a forty six because it's going to be the forty sixth year of the team, and they had a Kyrie Irving jersey because uh, despite what we heard a couple of weeks ago, Kyrie Irving is still on, uh, on the team and there's been no real movement, uh, with, uh, with regards to, uh, him possibly getting traded. I, I guess David Griffin was on ESPN today. I think that was probably his first public, uh, appearance of any real sort. Yeah. I think was all he's go, really right? done is release statements for the most part. Yeah. So I TVR that I've not had a chance to watch it yet, but I guess it sounded like he was, giving Kyrie a little bit of credit for expressing what he wants to do. But um, I don't know. You and I started talking about this a little bit, little bit last week after we stopped recording. And I, I'm still convinced that there's more to this story than what we know. And maybe that we'll ever know because just all the little bits and pieces that have come out, it feels like a lot of different people spinning a lot of different theories and they have reasons for spinning some of those theories, which I'll get into in a minute here, but I don't feel like we've gotten the definitive word on why this is happening and what's actually going to happen and, and how this is going to shake out. Yeah. It's all basically conjecture at this point. I mean, the general theme is that uh, Kyrie wants to lead a team and doesn't want to play one more year with LeBron. Um, he hasn't said anything, obviously. Um, it's been a whole lot of, well, a guy I know knows somebody and they say this and who really gives a shit? Um, it doesn't really matter why he wants to leave. The fact of the matter is he's under contract for two years. doesn't really have any leverage and the Cavs don't really have any reason to trade him other than he doesn't want to be here. Um, so I don't know. I think that's why they're taking their time. There's really no hurry for them. Right. And, you know, the thing you had said was, um, you know, with regards to LeBron, um, doesn't want to play with LeBron anymore. And one of the stranger theories that I've seen thrown out there is that he thinks LeBron's leaving after this year. So he wants to get a jump out of town first, which to me just doesn't really wash. That just doesn't make sense to me. Right. Don't um, you want to make one, one more run at it while you can? Well, there's that. There's the fact that if you want to have your own team, and you think he's going to be gone next year, you can get your own team here. And if continuing to play for the Cavs without LeBron doesn't really um, excite you very much, you know, keep in mind that you're going to get a shot at running your own team with an organization you're familiar with, and you've got a shot at getting an extra $50 million out of it. So um, that whole thing, you know, it, this, this gets back to the LeBron thing. We're going to get, just an endless barrage of stories this year and rumors and people who quote unquote know things talking about what LeBron's going to do. 
I don't know what LeBron's going to do. You don't know what LeBron's going to do. Nobody knows what LeBron's going to do. Um, you know, maybe he's leaving. I don't know that. Putting a, like, you know, trying to read the tea leaves right now and trying to add things up based on what we do know. I'm inclined to guess that he would stick around. I feel like he's got reasons that it would make sense. I also thought he was going to stick around in 2010 and you saw where that got me. So I'm not really willing to go out on that ledge, but, um, you're never going to, you know, the, the whole idea that he would stick around past this year, you're never going to hear that on an ESPN or a Fox sports, um, because it doesn't sell, you know, you gotta, when I say consider the source, I mean, think about like, what's going to play better in Los Angeles right now saying LeBron might come play with the Lakers next year or say LeBron probably isn't going anywhere next year. And, you know, this is kind of really one of these things that just drives me nuts is just so much of what I feel like you hear on a lot of these national shows is it's a performance art. You know, I don't think Skip Bayless, um, believes 95% of the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. And it's the reason, like, I'm never going to get caught dead watching that show. And, and you're not going to get caught dead watching that show. Cause you can't fucking find it. <laughs> well, that's part of the problem. But I mean, there's the other ones, like the one that he left on ESPN. I'm not going to watch that one either because it, it, you know, it, it's a performance art for them. And, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I'll say about us and what's great about the fact that we do this, for a hobby and we're not actually relying on income coming out of this whole production that we do here every week is that we can say what we actually believe. And, you know, maybe we don't always have the, you know, hottest takes or the most outlandish opinions. And maybe, um, you know, it's, it's a a little drier at times and I'm okay with that because I can guarantee you that every single thing that I say on here, and I'm pretty damn sure every single thing you say on here is something that we 100% believe. And we're not trying to bullshit people because we think it's it's the most salacious thing that you could throw out there that, that you know, is going to get a bunch of cheap clicks. I'm with you 100%. Um, but that said, for a fraction of what Skip Bayless makes, I will say whatever the hell you want me to say. <laughs> I, like, there's part of me that's like, yeah, Skip Bayless is a clown. He does this, that, and the other thing. He's got a job and he's made a hell of a career for himself doing this. So as obnoxious as it is, and we both agree that it's obnoxious, he has used it to his benefit. So it's hard for me to to criticize his decision to say it. Um, but yeah, I'm with you 100%. I don't think he believes most of it. No, it's just it's what's so bizarre to me is just how people get roped into that. I, I just... I don't know. It, it, just, it is it is surprising to me how many people take that stuff like they take it seriously. Like Skip Bayless is something insanely stupid, and everyone feels the need to like argue like with Skip Bayless about it. Like you're doing exactly what he wants. Like he doesn't actually think that. He right. knows what he just said is stupid, but you're giving him what he wants by reacting to it. Exactly. And you're going to see an awful lot of stupid related uh, or or takes so to speak related to lebron and the Cavs, and i and believe me I, I don't think the Cavs deserve much of a benefit of the doubt for the way their summer has gone this year but at the same time i i think it's very fashionable especially if you're working for a media outlet outside of cleveland to turn the screws on them a little bit because i mean and it goes back to the other thing that i've said before 
the Cavs and the Warriors are still, hands down, the best teams in their respective conferences, and you've had to sell Cavs-Warriors for three years now. You've said everything that could be said about those two teams, and you need something to sell the league for the rest of the year. Like, how are you selling hope in Los Angeles or um, any of these other markets, New York, or, uh, you know, so those are the big two, obviously, because those are the two biggest cities. But, um, you know, if you're in any of these other markets and you're trying to keep fans interested when their teams have no fucking shot in the title, uh, you get a little chance to exploit something. Odds are you're going to do it. And, you know, get ready to weather the storm because I think we're going to get a lot of that this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, be, from a stability standpoint, the Warriors are obviously in a much better position. Um, they're also, I think, we're in agreement. They're also a better team. Um, and no real indication that they're going to get worse. So they're not really that interesting to talk about right now. So who's the next best thing for for the general you know, for the general media, it's A, the team with the best player, B, the runner-up, and C, they got a whole bunch of shit to talk about. Um, so that's what it is. It, it's it's a lot, but really all it is is a bunch of noise because it doesn't really actually matter at this point what anyone talks about. Um, you just kind of wait and see what, uh, what the team's going to look like in terms of who's going to be around still and how are they going to handle all this shit and all that stuff? So there's really not a whole lot of point in talking about it now, but I get why people want to. Yeah. Well, to put a bow on this and kind of tie a few different things together, those those Nike jerseys that we talked about officially go on sale September 29th. And I believe that is after trading camp will have already been going on for at least a week. So do you think that the Kyrie Irving jersey that we saw – online today is actually going to be making an appearance in the team shop by that point that's a hell of a question or is I would that think design to. destined to end up right next to the andrew wiggins Cavs jersey from a few years ago i would think it has to make an appearance they're probably being made whether or not they actually make it to the racks at the stores is a, a different matter but i have no doubt they're in production now so huh yeah i mean how many? How many do they order? That's going to be a different question. The Wiggins um, jerseys at least went on sale because they had to have him for a month before they could actually trade him. So those are out in the wild. But uh, yeah, the, the Kyrie could become a, a collector's item. It was strange. The first time I saw that white jersey was on the cover of the new NBA 2K video game because he's the cover guy for 2K18. And uh, they, they photoshopped in the new jersey. So... Uh, you know, it was on an old game action photo, so it's kind of strange. This this photo photo on the cover of a video game might end up being something that never actually happens in real life. Yeah, that's that's an interesting twist too. Um, obviously, video games. I don't know. This, I don't know the sports video games or what they once were, but um, still kind of interesting to see a guy that's going to be on a cover um, doing the things in the off season that Kyrie's been doing so far. Yeah, well, in the meantime, my word of advice is you might want to brush up before our podcast next week. But uh, 
<laughs> little teaser for everybody there out go. there. I, I there briefly alluded to it last week that we were going to do something a little different with our next episode. We put that back for one more week and uh, we'll, we'll get into all that. Why? But uh, uh, when the time comes next week, but yeah, that, that is still in the works and that's still coming. So um, yeah, I, I think in the meantime, any, any other uh, parting shots that you want to get in before we close up shop? I think that about covers it. All right. So I, uh, I would agree. Well, this was fun. Uh, hitting a whole bunch of different stuff. It was like the good old days here. Yeah, good stuff, man. I like it. Yeah. All right. Well, um, go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher. Catch up on old episodes of our show on our website, thenailpodcast.com. We've still got that banner up for uh, donating uh, to Travis's uh, Pelotonia campaign. That's in the, uh, the banner on the desktop version of our site. And uh, go like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the nail podcast. We uh, try to put up a couple different stories a week. Uh, we got the, uh, the new Cavs uniforms up there today, and I'm sure we'll have some other stuff as the week goes on. But uh, we will be back next week. And uh, again, as promised, we got something pretty fun coming for you. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So uh, be on the lookout for that. But uh, for Travis Yuley, I'm Tom Valentino. It's been The Nail in the Coffin, and we will talk to you again soon. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.